Hey, everybody. Today, we're discussing the pilot episode of the X-Files. <laughs> that makes this star file number 30, <laughs> which can only mean one thing. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I'm Paul. And I'm Fitz. And welcome to Systematic Star Files, where the fantastic is always a plausibility. Always. Absolutely plausible. <laughs> absolutely plausible. And so, man, we're discussing the pilot episode of The X-Files. Mm. It's a big one. It so is. It's what started it all. But before we get to that, uh, Fitz, how are you doing? Doing good. I, I, was, I think I was three years old when this piloted. It, uh, I think it was 92. So I was two years oh, old. Then I was two years old. Then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. I was two years old. That's a long time ago. I know. Long time ago. Man. Anyways, uh, I'm doing well. Um, I'm just feeling a lot lighter. I got 12 inches cut off my hair. Oh, you did get a haircut. 20 you minutes went, ago. You got completely different. It took Paul um, quite a while to notice, though. <laughs> you, <laughs> you about walk, a half an hour. Well, you walked in my house and I thought you just had the ponytail. And I was like, oh, that's why I can't really see most of his hair. Uh-huh. And you're walking around, and it's like, no, it's just at your shoulders. Just like, at my shoulders. Um, but no, I'm doing well. Looking uh, to moving here to Missouri pretty soon. We got our place. Uh, we just got to load up the U-Haul and head out there. And yeah, every, with all that being said, everything's going well. That's awesome. So that's uh, how's job searching? How's that going? It's going well. Um, have some leads, some irons in the fire. Definitely. <laughs> Hires um, in the fire? Irons in the oh. fire. Um, <laughs> you should say hires in the fire. Definitely hopeful. Just been in a season of praying that the Lord will provide, and I yeah. believe he will, and just seeing how it plays out. Anyways, it's going well. <laughs> how are you, Paul? <laughs> no, that's good. I, I love that. Uh, that's a blessing for sure. They have some options there for you working out. I'm doing good. Haley and I went on vacation this past week to Portland, Oregon. Yes. That was really fun. The one, the only. The one, the only. Well, other um, than Portland, Maine. <laughs> we explored wine country surrounding Portland. Um, that was a really fun time. Just explored the city. Uh, we've been a couple times before, but it's just a fun city. Fun stuff to do. It's a great city. And you mentioned you stopped at a very special bookstore. I was about to say that. Yeah. So Powell's Books, which is like a, they claim, and maybe it's true, they are the largest used book store in the like, country or world. Uh, definitely country. They say I don't know. Maybe the world. Yeah, maybe so. As far as used books, but it's huge. Well, most other nations aren't into reading, so <laughs> yeah, we're the only ones who do that. That's why we're the yeah, totally. America, the great. <laughs> yeah, the great, the literate great, and we uh, literally <laughs> great. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. Um, no, I came away with a total, we, I went back like pretty much every day and found some awesome used books and I came back with like seven books Mm -hmm. in my bag and some good stuff. They had a really, really, really good stuff. I got some Cornelius Van Til, some Calvin, some Jonathan Edwards, some Spurgeon, some, uh, oh, A.W. Pink, found one of his. A.W. J.I. Packer. Anyway, I I think I listed them all right then. But that's awesome. Um, Sounds like some good books. Yeah, and they're each probably like guys. five or six bucks a piece, and not too much. So that was cool. Some were four dollars a piece. You know, when I, I was these books. when I was in Oregon last, I think this was in Bend, Oregon, though. I went to a bookstore, yeah. a random one, and that's that collection. I got a collection of books published in like 1909, I think. Wow. So they're the old style, you know, bound books, hardback, 
it was a set of like 10 books mm-hmm. and it was the greatest sermons ever preached. Oh, and they, cool. I mean, they had, um, Jonathan Edwards was in there. They yeah. had Augustine in there and some other, they had Knox, John Knox in there. So they had a lot of the reformers oh. in there, which is pretty cool stuff. So yeah. Oregon, I have a theory that, you know, all the people who maybe, you know, there's probably a legacy of faith in Oregon. There has to be. Right. Um, and maybe that legacy of faith has maybe died out. And so all these old dudes' books end up in the used bookstores. Yeah. And a lot of I people would, in Oregon might not care for those books. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I was like, surprised they had such a large, they, they had one of the greatest Christianity sections I've ever seen in any bookstore. Yeah. Which, they're a large bookstore, so it makes sense. But because it's Portland, that made it extra ordinary, I thought. Yeah. People probably don't pick through that section very often. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they had a whole shelf of stuff on Reformation stuff. There was a whole shelf devoted to Luther, Calvin. I was like, whoa, like, this is yeah. Portland. Like, people might burn this burn this section. They probably <laughs> thought it was Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, ah, throw it into Christianity. <laughs> Those Christians, they need some more comics. Yeah, and so, anyway... <laughs> That's fun. Well, today, okay, we'll just, we're beating around the bush here. Beating around the bush. Let's come right out and say it. Get out of the bush. It's bittersweet, but you say it. So, (laughs) we will announce that this will bittersweetly be our last full episode. This will be. That's true. We thought 30 was a good number. um, Yes. Because the halfway mark is 15. Okay. Um, it's <laughs> an even why. number. Oh, man. Uh, but no, the the season, we just both felt that the season of our life to be doing the podcast of this stature is, yeah. not that it's necessarily a huge undertaking, but there is a lot of work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we've both had a blast with it. We um, have really enjoyed it, but it, I, we both feel that it's time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So this... In case this is blindsiding you, because we're saying this right now, after just joking about Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> um, yeah, this is something that's been in the works. We talked about it probably around episode 25-ish. We well, thought... even sooner before then. I mean, we were just kind of talking. Yeah. It seems since like... We knew, we knew you'd be moving, uh, yeah. which, which that doesn't necessarily play a part. Like, Skype exists. We know that. We know it's very possible. And tons of podcasts do that where the two hosts are in different locations. But with what you're saying, just where we are at in our lives. Yeah. Uh, also, this has been going for a year, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. November is when we started recording. December is when we posted the first episode. But November is when we started recording. It's almost, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be November. It's been a year. It's been fun. I've Absolutely. really loved it. It's been a great season uh, of doing this uh, fun thing. And But yeah, like we're just, I think, I feel like it's kind of run its course in a good way. And um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're heading off. It's, it's something that would be great for me to have one less thing to do every two weeks or every yeah, week, absolutely. really, with the editing and just stuff in the church, stuff with like all these other opportunities and, and job stuff. It just seems like things are piling on and it would be easier to let this go. Um, which is sad. It I is really sad. have a blast with it. I'm going to miss watching X-Files. I'm going to miss sitting across the table <laughs> hey, from you here. You better keep watching X-Files. No. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, Star Trek. Hey, yeah. I, I've only seen the episodes that we've talked about, but I've really enjoyed every single one. And, yeah. Um, and so anyway, all that to say, we have no guests today. <laughs> it's just me and Fitz because of that. It's, this is kind of a kind of ending to this. But I want to say this. We, this will be, we want to treat this episode like a normal episode. We'll talk through, we'll do our, we'll do what we normally do. Nothing crazy there, but we will do in probably, I guess in two weeks, a conclusion kind of episode to where we can actually 
tie the knot on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a uh, kind of a parting gift. And I, we want to use that as a time to really reflect on things we've loved about this show. So with that, if you, listener, have any feedback, if you want to say how much you've loved it, how much you've hated it, or anything at all, anything. if this has impacted you in any way, please email us uh, at ssfpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us. You can Facebook us. We're there as well. And just let us know. And we'd love to read that uh, on the air for the final thing. We'll probably do maybe, I don't know, maybe a quick mini-sode and just kind of conclude everything. Um, so we won't just disappear into the night. We'll yeah. have some kind of closure. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, upon hearing this episode, mm-hmm. from the if you listen to it on release date, you will have um, probably a week and a half to get, yeah. get some information. If you're serious about giving us information, we would love to hear anything, you guys. Any, yeah. Any ideas, any comments sure. that you guys have about the show? Um, I feel like it'd be a huge blessing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Definitely. So, if you're hearing have. this right now, send us something. Yeah. <laughs> Just do that. Just do it the day you're hearing this. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and what we'd love to read that and, and reflect on that and... And we'll do some fun things, but we'll just, uh, we'll kind of end it that way. So we'll treat you, well, we won't cry yet. We won't say our goodbyes no yet. Cries. Um, the only thing that I'll be crying about is that <laughs> no one actually left us any comments the times that we said, leave a comment no. so that they will get a free t-shirt. So no one's getting a t-shirt. <laughs> and so I will cry about that. So, all right, I'm going to do this right now. What is it? I'm going to do something. I was thinking about doing this later, but I'm going to do it while we're recording. Okay. You mentioned t-shirts. Yeah. I have a surprise for oh, you. Oh, don't even do it, Paul. <laughs> I have a surprise. Don't even do it. When right, were you going to do it? Right here. I, I was thinking about doing it tomorrow because you're like oh, moving, man. moving out like tomorrow. Oh, man. But we'll do it now because we talked about it. I'm going to go home wearing the shirt. Fitz, I got us a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> I'll send out a picture of it so everyone else can see. Dude. But it's done. <laughs> <laughs> that looks... Oh, man. That exceeds my expectation. Where'd you get that made at? <laughs> I just went on an online thing and made it myself. That's so cool. So I took... You got one too? <laughs> yeah. Dude, thank you so much, Paul. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you an air hug from so, here so we don't have to <laughs> mess up the mic. So a parting gift to always remember. But I took oh, Whitney's, Polly's drawing of Fluky, which, Whitney, thank you again for that. I'll probably send a shirt to you too because, man, there, it was an awesome thing. I just added some color to it, put yes. that on the front, and we got the logo of the podcast on the back on a black T-shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but it's Fluky wearing a Star Trek shirt. You know, I don't know if I'll ever wear this. I think I might frame this. Wait, what? If I ever have a guest bedroom. I'm literally just going to be straight up like, I'm never going to wear this. <laughs> this is so awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by the quality of the shirt. Oh, yeah. No, me too. I was really impressed this with it. This is awesome. Thank you so I much. I went to customink.com. So, yeah, I'll promote them. But sadly, these are really expensive. So, people listening, we don't, you can't order them. I'm sorry. They cost way too much money. So, I'm just not going to pay that. That's a gift to you for sure. Dude, um, thanks so much. I was just saying, in case anybody wants one, I mean, I don't know, maybe message us and we'll talk it out. But there's yeah. not like an order button anywhere. <laughs> just letting you know. So, yeah. There. Cool. Thanks yeah, so much, I'm man. I'm glad you like it. I, I love it. This is awesome. <laughs> So with that, cool. Uh, what are you drinking? <laughs> Man, I am drinking some coffee from your pot. It was mm. pumpkin spice, Trader yeah. Joe's coffee. Yeah, that's, that's right. We fell into the pumpkin spice thing. You know, I was thinking the other day, it's unnaturally warm for this time of the year. It is. It but doesn't I, feel like fall at I was all. standing there. I said, I could go for a pumpkin spice latte right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't get one, but... Not going to lie. It tastes great. Yeah. I absolutely. don't mind. I have, I have a can of this at my house. Yeah. 
Oh, do you really? It's packed up somewhere, but yeah. Oh, okay. We would drink it occasionally, and I love it. And other than that, I'm drinking H2O. What are you drinking, Paul? I'm doing the same thing, some pumpkin spice coffee, because I'm really tired for for this afternoon. So I'm just powering through with some pumpkin spice. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've been staying up late. Um, I guess I could have explained this during my How You Doing Fits time, but... (laughs) I've been recently, Nicole's grandma, I went and visited her, mm-hmm. and she taught me how to cross-stitch. Oh, no way. So I've been sitting up in bed while Nicole sleeps, yeah. cross-stitching, oh, and, my and I'm making a Christmas tree on the napkin, so <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about it. So I'm a little tired, too. I've been playing chess and cross-stitching and cross- in my, in my <laughs> unemployment and reading Calvin's Institutes. Wow, what a combo. So it's the, the three C's, chess, Calvin, and cross-stitching. Cross-stitching. <laughs> it's the C-cubed. C-cubed. That's awesome. Well, hey, let's try and tackle this episode. Before, otherwise, it. we'll just keep talking forever. So let's do this. Space, a final frontier. Where no man has gone before. All right. So, man, how poetic is this? We're ending with the beginning. Ending with the beginning. Of X-Files. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, season one, episode one. So, this, okay, this episode was done well. I think it was done well. It was uh, great reviews. Mm-hmm. Like, like people still to this day think it's a great X-Files episode. It starts off everything. You get the alien stuff. You get Mulder and Scully meeting. Yeah. It's done well. But it is kind of a complicated <laughs> story. Yeah, it was hard to follow for a little while. Like, there's, there's like, aliens, but there's kind of not, but there are. There's, like, a weird body that you think is orangutan, but it's not Maybe, an orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's these kids that are paraplegics, but they're running, and yeah. they're being abducted. I don't know. There was just a lot of things going on <clears throat> in it. Um, so I thought it'd be fun. We'll just try this, each of us. You can go first. We'll uh, do a 30-second recap. And you, uh, not necessarily review, but you just say what you think happened in the episode okay. with a 30-second timer. I'm kind of stealing this idea from the Cinema Bacon Podcast because they do 30-second reviews. So shout out to them. Guys, that's a great segment. I love it. It's the best shout thing out. ever. Shout out to Cinema Bacon. <laughs> shout out to Cinema Bacon. And that's with our very own Ryan Pauly. Yeah. He was on episode 17. Who is the wife, uh, husband of Wendy <laughs> <laughs> who designed the Who blurking. designed the shirts. Yeah, yeah. We're all friends here. So I'm giving you 30 seconds. Tell me what happens in this episode. Okay. Ready? Go. Um, bright light. Girl screaming. Bloody nose. FBI there. Scully Mulder meat. Um, they, she's hesitant about the X-Files. They're on the X-Files. She loves Mulder. Uh, they, <laughs> they chase down evidence. The evidence is destroyed. Um, guy who can't walk walks with dirty feet. Dad with a shotgun. Everything gets weird. Are you done? Wow, that was stressful. Oh, that was really you did stressful. that in 28 seconds. Wow, that was. That was. I didn't write down. I have no notes this week, so that no, was that awesome. was tough. That was amazing. I thought you were gonna say complete sentences. <laughs> You're just bullet points. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> that was amazing. All right, Paul. I'll bust out the timer for you. Let okay. me get let me get going. Oh, you, you're good. You can use my phone there. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'll try. Three, <laughs> two, one. Do you want to take a sip of coffee first? I'll take a sip okay. of coffee first. I got you ready. You're All spiced. Right. Three, two, one. Go. Bright light. <laughs> yeah, kids are getting abducted. Um, they're being tested on by aliens, but every time the tests seem to fail, and if they fail, the kids die. Oh, Mulder and Scully, happened. they meet up. And Scully's supposed to debunk his work, but she secretly is in love with him, I think. And then Mulder's a believer because his sister got abducted. They're searching for the bodies of these kids. They seem that they look like weird 
gray orangutans. Their evidence gets destroyed. Scully finds a piece of metal in one of the things' heads and decides that, oh, aliens are real, but she doesn't really believe it. And it's all because they're actually being abducted and then the tests finally succeed and Billy Miles does actually get healed. Done. <laughs> actually, that's 0.59 seconds over. <laughs> I stammered once. That was all, that was a lot more succinct than mine. I actually feel like I remember the whole episode when you did it. Oh, really? I was just shooting in the dark for you. Definitely. That pictures that popped in my head. There was a fire. It was obvious. There was blood. <laughs> That's most X Files on the phone. That's amazing. Oh man. Oh, well, so I, I wrote down some really good quotes throughout this episode. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. So basically, that's what it is. These kids are being abducted. They're they're being tested on. They're, the, whenever the tests fail, they come back as dead bodies. Mm. It's in Oregon, and they, they're finding these dead bodies, and that's when they're like, oh, it's happening again. That's kind of yeah, how that beginning right. starts. Um, and then, yeah, Mulder and Scully get paired up. Uh, oh, and this was a great first quote, I felt like, where you kind of get to see Mulder's character when he says, uh, he's telling Scully, I think this is alien abductions, and she's like, you can't be serious, right? And he's, he kind of says this, Now, when convention and science offer us no answers... Might we not finally turn to the fantastic as a plausibility? That's so good. That's so where I got extraordinary. the extraordinary. Yeah, we actually had someone on Twitter tweet that to us because I think really? I guess they thought it was a great quote too. Um, and so it is a good quote. So hey, thanks for tweeting that to thanks us. Thanks for tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I mean, what were your thoughts on it? Like some of the big ideas throughout. I mean, it's Mulder and Scully finally meeting up. Scully's yeah. supposed to like debunk his work in a way. Yeah. But she kind of slowly starts to believe, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. What were your thoughts on at the beginning? So as I was watching this episode, I kept thinking, I've seen this episode before, and the whole entire show, I <laughs> kept trying to remember if I'd seen the episode or oh, not. Yeah. So it got, and then I started to realize, oh, I have seen this before, um, and I think I was cross stitching at the time too. Um, so with all that being said. Uh, forgive me, guys. The episode is a little fuzzy, but it's not actual. It's not like that one time I confused episodes in Star Trek. <laughs> oh yeah, that was uh, awesome. Um, but I, I love well, you and I did watch this like a year ago. Exactly. That's what started X Files Night, exactly. which ended up starting this podcast. Exactly, yeah. and that's why I was like, it seems so familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I loved the. I feel like I love the end whenever they're having to type up the report. Oh yeah, and that first school is like. This dude's out of his mind, this mortar mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. But I think at the end, she starts to kind of like typing, like, there's things that really can't be explained. Yes. Um, definitely. Did, did she actually get to that? I, I faintly remember that. I mean, they dig up a body of one of the kids that had previously died, because this was a repeated thing. Yeah. Uh, they want to, like, look at one of the previous bodies to do an autopsy, and they pull out, out of the coffin this really weird-looking body. Mm-hmm. She pulls out from that a piece of metal that was in the head. Which can't be traced. Mineral. Exactly. And uh, it's like some kind of unknown metal. And it, it, it's pretty, it's hinting very clearly that it's a tracker. Some yeah. kind of thing. Aliens abduct you. They do tests on you and put this tracker in. And so at the end, what happens is she's standing before like the people she's supposed to report to, to debunk the X-Files. And she pulls that out. And it was the <clears> one <throat> piece of evidence that did not get destroyed. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I found this. It's some unknown metal. Like, there's something going on here. Mm. And so, it's not necessarily she believes in aliens at that point. Because that's, like, the whole show, right? Like, every episode, she's a skeptic. She doesn't necessarily believe. It's it's funny. But she knows there is more to to the government, more to conspiracy, that idea, than than what is being told. And that's that's what I love. Because, you know, Scully's always trying to find these clues to debunk the fantastic. Right. 
but she found one clue that debunked the conventional wisdom that she had. And, yes. I, and I love that the beginning episode is that mm-hmm. pilot that that whole that happened throughout the whole entire it pretty much arrived at that point when right. scholars like this is all i have yeah this is all that remains and yeah. it doesn't point to any rational explanation yeah and i love that that's such a strong starting for the x-files because it i feel like they followed that path the rest of the series you know definitely now uh, there's actually a, a good quote where that happens where he says um he's talking about i think ufos are taking these kids and she's yeah. like well, first he says, I think they're being abducted. And she's like, by who? And he's like, not by who, by what? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, surely you can't be serious. And that's when he's saying, like, it's UFOs. And then she says this, there is nothing <clears throat> to support that. And he says, nothing scientific, you mean. Yeah. And it's like what you're saying. He's just like, in your line of thinking, yeah, but that's not the only line of thinking. You Absolutely. know, like like in another realm, which I think there's amazing Christian just compliments to that idea. Absolutely. for sure. Um. But yeah, no, I love what you're saying. That's exactly what this was, was it was setting up perfectly kind of their relationship where Mulder's like, he's always right. He's yeah. always fearless. He, he's the believer. She's a skeptic, but she knows there's some, because of Mulder's character, there's got to be something to what he's saying, mm-hmm. you know, and she's along for the ride. But like, but she as well as has experienced like that there's something government's hiding, that there are these mysteries. And so it's like, maybe he's believe. I don't know, but it, it it's perfect. So I really liked whenever Mulder's telling scully of like why he even came across the x-files and loved it he says uh at first it looked like a garbage dump for ufo sightings uh alien abduction reports the kind of stuff that most people just laugh at it being ridiculous but i was fascinated i read all the cases i could get my hands on hundreds of them i read everything i could about paranormal phenomenon about the occult and and then it's like scully's just kind of saying like what is this and he shares the story of how his sister which is really the drive for like pretty much the rest of the series almost. Yeah. It's just like his sister was abducted and he can, mm. through hypnosis, he remembers like he was paralyzed. Bright there was light. a presence in the room. There was a bright light. She was taken. There was nothing he could yeah. do about it. And he just, he, he's always wondered what that was and where his sister yeah. went. And then he finds these X-Files and it's like, oh, wow. Like this stuff happens to people. Absolutely. You know? um, but I think that was such a cool intimate like kind of setting yeah i mean they're just like they're they're still getting to know each other they're hanging out in a hotel room but he just tells her like his life secrets of like this This is is why i'm doing this yeah Yeah. and that's i think when she starts to see the credibility Mm -hmm. in him maybe of like oh like he has a passion um but i think that was really cool what he saw was what he i love how he said that what everyone would say is a garbage dump i found to be like a treasure yeah for him absolutely and i and that sets off molder's character in such a Strong way. I mean, because the truth is out there, right? The yeah, the tagline of the show, mm-hmm. uh, and Mulder is relentless in pursuing that truth, even if it is folly. You know, folly to the Greeks, if you will, folly <laughs> to the to everyone else. Right. It's like you said, the garbage dump. But he is, he knows, like experientially, like there's something there, and he wants to get to the bottom of it. And, yeah. And that's just Mulder, like you said earlier. He's fearless. He's always like believing and wanting right. to believe. Yeah. And looking in the most outrageous places. Right. But that's where he often finds it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I always, so it was really in, in watching this episode this time around that I finally picked up. So I never understood what the body that they dig up mm-hmm. really was. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, they say it very clearly, but I've always missed the line where they explain what it was. 
So I've always thought like it was maybe an alien or maybe it was an orangutan yeah. and stuff. But they say like real fast, like it was be there were the uh, the kids that would have their tests done on them. They would eventually turn into that because of genetic like mutations or something from oh. the failed tests. And so I just wanted to say that because I was always wondering, was it an orangutan? Yeah, and that goes into the whole entire alien hybrid. Exactly. Exactly. You're uh, picking up. You're, you you're, you're getting you it. You're getting it. And now, seeing season 10, we kind of see that there is a little bit more of man's involvement with those yeah. abductions. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And so, but, oh, so the ending. I got to, what did you think of the ending with the cigarette smoking man? Oh, that guy, man. <laughs> I, I pointed to Nicole, I was like, that's a bad guy. Yeah. He's always there. He is. He's always just hanging around, smoking, smoking. A, smoking a stoke. Did that for mysterious. like 11 years. I wonder if he actually inhales. No, he he looks like he he smoked all his life. He, he's still alive. Is he really? You know? Yeah, because he was okay. in the new season and stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. He yeah. was he came back. Um, so in case you haven't seen it, that what the ending is when Scully gives him that piece of metal, it's saying it's the last piece of evidence. The cigarette smoking man who's mysterious. He's always kind of the big antagonist. He he, you see him put it in a box or like a drawer of like evidence where there seems to be other ones. Like it's just another piece of whatever. Like it's no big deal. And you see him leave the room and he closes the door. There's like a fire escape plan for the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. It. Yeah, so <laughs> I was sitting there with Nicole and she was like, "That's a lot of evidence." I was like, "Yeah, it's an evidence room." <laughs> but you know, knowing the nature of the Smoky Man, I'm like, he just put that in a. It clearly has a spot. Yeah. But no one would ever be able to find it in a whole host of all the evidence stuff. And so it it kind of yeah. adds on to the idea of like, you know, maybe, maybe the government is hiding something. Yeah. But it's kind oh, of like definitely. a plain sight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they use all these, throughout the show, they use all these kind of quasi explanations like, oh, that's probably what it was. Right. That are really hiding the, the real truth of what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, exactly what you're saying is it hints at... The government is very, very much aware of this. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, just throw it more in the evidence. Like, they know this stuff's happening and they're fine with it. Yeah. And that's that's really the pilot of the show, like, of yeah. this entire series, is you have these uh, men working with aliens. It's dark, crazy. dark, evil men. The government. The government. Which, you can't trust the government, man. Anyway. <laughs> just bring you down. Yeah. Well, that's why the show got canceled after 9-11. Yeah. Because that was a time, they say, that like a lot of people probably trusted in the government, wanted the government to be good because it was like, we need you right now. Terrorism is, is at a high. And so no one seemed to really care about conspiracy shows. And so they lost their ratings. But, but now we don't trust them anymore. So it's back for season 10. And now it's season 11. That's actually happening. So yeah. I'm excited for that. But uh, actually, I actually have a quote about government that that I really do love from the episode or a new or something else. This is from um, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> is this from the musical? That's all the rage right now. No, really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't like, heard of it. Oh, okay. It says if angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this: you must first enable the government to control the governed. And the next place, oblige it to control itself. Whoa, so what does that mean? <laughs> you got to make the government control itself, not lord it over us. Uh, not hide the evidence in the middle right. of the Pentagon. What's that quote? It's like the Constitution is supposed to restrict the government, not the people. Or I don't know who said that. Yeah, along <clears throat> the lines of that, yeah. yeah. Well, because it's, it's a product of extreme tyranny, tyranny yeah. under the monarch, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. That makes sense. But the people, I got another quote. 
for you as well. And I think this is actually from Benjamin Franklin. Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more needs of masters. So as society becomes increasingly more vicious and cruel and immoral, it has a need of of stronger government. Yeah. That's kind of... Oh, BF. Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, now we're talking about Benjamin Franklin. Might as well move on. (laughs) Oh, I wanted to say one quick thing. Was Mulder saying Oregon really weird to you? Oregon. That's yeah. how my dad says it. Really? But no, I, I'm only him and Mulder. Maybe yeah. he picked it up from X Files back Maybe. in the I 90s. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I thought at first he was saying it to be funny, like, oh, it's up in Oregon. But he said it like three times Oregon. Yeah. I was like, what? I was talking to my dad one time. He goes, oh, Oregon. It's beautiful up there. So what? Where's Oregon? <laughs> yeah. So you'd be like, Oregon? I know. Like every time he said it, I was like looking at the screen. I'm like, Oregon. Oregon, say say it right, Mulder. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know if it's um if that's an Eastern dialect or Southern dialect. I mean, my dad's from the South, but I don't think Mulder's from the South. No, he's I don't know. He's in he's D- from DC. He's in DC. I don't know if he. I anyways, I can't remember where he grew up. Anyway, Oregon. <laughs> <Whatever>. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, let's beam up. <laughs> Johnny, eyes up. Beam us up. So this is what I saw. Um, I thought it was kind of, I, I was honestly, I watched it last night, and we're recording this on a Sunday. We had church this morning, and it was actually a verse, it was some scripture taking from the sermon that actually immediately just clicked in my mind. I was like, whoa, that's the connection. Uh, and so I'll start with that, with the scripture, and then kind of go into it. But we're, our church has been going through Acts. We're almost done with it. And in Acts 26, Paul is uh, retelling his conversion story. And he says this in uh, Acts 26, verses 15 through 18. This is when he says, uh, he sees Jesus. He says, and I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And it's just like, whoa. Like that is what every person's conversion mm-hmm. like experience is, whether you realize that or not in the moment. Your, your eyes have been opened. You've been transferred from darkness to light, uh, forgiveness of sin. There's just like all these amazing clauses in like those two sentences. And, um, and then you see like that's Paul's calling, right? That's when Jesus sends him out to preach to the Gentiles. And in doing that, that was, that was God's means of like giving much of the New Testament, right? He writes like so many letters to these churches and he's, he's doing ministry. And, and so now we can like learn more of God because mm-hmm. of him answering to that call and like that kind of stuff. And, Anyway, I was just really thinking about how when you have Mulder, who I loved when he was talking about his his uh, his passion of why he's doing this mm-hmm. drive, when he made that that sentence of I, I came across the X Files and it would have been a garbage dump to anybody else, but to me, because an experience that had happened to him when he yeah. was a kid, because of like this this passion of an outside experience happening to him, he saw clearly. He was, he was a, yeah. Exactly. His eyes were open to when he saw this, he was like, whoa, wait, 
there may be truth here. Mm -hmm. Whereas other people would say, that doesn't work in my worldview, no thanks. Yeah. And so I immediately just kind of saw that. And, and it was making me really reflect on kind of my testimony in a way of just kind of like making me think about like, wow, like, like when God saved me, all these things that Paul, the apostle Paul just said, like that happened. Yeah. You know, like, like God did all those things. Jesus did all of those things. Um, so I guess that was really what I, I thought was cool. Just that idea of, of what Jesus says of to open their eyes and not in a physical sense, of course, but like, like spiritually for their eyes to be opened. And that's done through just preaching the word, like giving, mm -hmm. giving the word. And um, <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that that was like molders because then there's also like, um, so, so he's all sold out on it, right? Like every episode of the X-Files, you see that he's, he's the believer. He's always seen as that uh, mode. But I think if we as Christians were to really think about that in our lives, like when God opened our eyes and to really embrace the truth of that, mm. that our eyes are open they 100% are open now. We're able to see the world as it truly is. We're able to see this world <laughs> as it truly ought to be. Yeah. And that's all God's doing. We can, we, we can preach things. We can say things. We can believe things that are true that the world would say that's a garbage dump. Yeah. That they would toss aside. Uh, so if we really think about that, like if we embrace that, like, like, like we can really believe this. We can truly be free to like be bold. We can be free to actually you know, go before the throne of God and like, like really just, I don't know, live a life of ministry and do mm -hmm. like what God has told us to do because our eyes are opened. Yeah. It's done. Like, I guess that's what was really sinking in for me was like, that is the reality of us seeing reality. <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if we, if we are truly seeing this world and we should believe that the way it truly is, if, if the Christian faith is truly what is true if everything that God says is true and, and what, how he has defined everything, if that's true, then that's how we should be operating. That's how we should be living out everything. Um, and we can just, with those opened eyes, like seek after being conformed to Christ, seek holiness. Yeah. We can, we can like, we can take these things. I guess what I, that's what I'm trying to encourage is to take this stuff seriously. Absolutely. Let Christ be Lord of your entire life because your eyes have actually been open. You can see what this life really, really mm -hmm. is. Well, and so like Paul, Paul says, if the resurrection didn't happen, we are the most to be pitied. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's either it's all or nothing. It's it's either we're <laughs> if we believe in the resurrection, but we live like it didn't happen. Yeah. Then we're missing the point. Right. Um, and I think it calls into question like if you don't believe it actually happened, and then of course you're not within the realm of faith. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Let your belief and your actions line up. Yeah. Because uh, if, if we don't believe it, then we're the most to be pitied. Or if, if we do believe it, but it didn't happen, we're right. the most to be So like you said, right. like, it, it's all or nothing, essentially. Yeah. So that was, when I was saying, like, kind of thinking of my, like, my testimony, like, that's how night and day it was really for me, you know? Because I was like, I grew up in a Christian home, grew up in East Texas, where there's like a church on every corner and... And you, you, you learn these things, you believe these things in, in a shallow sense of like, yeah, I, I believe that to be true, but you don't really do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at is, is there's a difference there of just knowing, uh, knowing of Jesus and then knowing Jesus, right? That's what a lot of people, how they phrase it. And that was me. That was me like growing up just, I, I see, this, I'm glad I was learning these things. Absolutely. I, mean, I think God was merciful and gracious in that. 
But it wasn't until, and I've, I've talked about this before, but it wasn't until I finally understood what it meant that it was by God's grace to save me in the sense that I deserve death. My sin is, is terrible in his eyes. It's rebellion in his eyes. I'm an enemy before him because of my nature. Mm-hmm. And the right thing would be hell. That would make him the just judge to do that. And he would be glorified and applauded and praised to do that to me, yeah. to condemn me. He'd be doing the right thing. But that was, he, he, he went against that. And, well, he paid it up. He, he, he let that penalty be paid out on another who was innocent, his son. And then through that, like, that's what grace means. Once that, once those ideas clicked for me, which honestly wasn't until college, mm-hmm. that's when it was like everything changed. Yeah. My, my pursuit of him changed. My, my wanting to read the word changed. Just my desire to learn, to, to know more of God. All of that was then kickstarted <laughs> in, a, in a sense of like, I finally got it. Like, oh my goodness. Like, that's what that means. Like, God is God and, and he was gracious to me. Yeah. To me. Like, what did I, what, what? you know, and, and that's when all that started kind of, of uh, barrel rolling. And so I guess that's really just what I want to kind of point across or get the point across of like, if, if we truly believe we're saved, and we, if we just believe that Jesus is Lord, and we mean that, and we believe that, and we're saved, our eyes have been opened. We we do see things how they really are. So let's live in light of that, yeah. and actually just be bold. And like we can go before God, but we can also go before this world in boldness, and we can seek to be like Christ because it's how we should be. It's what we were meant to be like mm-hmm. <laughs> until it all fell. And um, yeah, I don't know. I wrote some notes about. The Holy Spirit for some reason. <laughs> I guess I'll just think because that's how we are conformed. Oh, I guess that's really it. Just like the grace in that of like God conforming us with his own spirit, right? Third yeah. person of the Trinity. And uh and it's through that we're even to even more see how this world should be, how it operates. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I just I, I was just seeing a lot of comfort in this, honestly. Yeah. It was this idea of you see Mulder chasing after what he believes. He's seeing things how they truly are, whereas other people think it's trash. But his eyes have been opened, and it was because of an outside experience. It wasn't something necessarily within him that he mustered up. Mm-hmm. Something that was a catastrophe, but it was something that happened to him, impacted him, gave him belief, and he's moving on it. And I thought that was really cool. And I just love in that last verse, uh, in twenty six eighteen out of Acts, where Jesus says that that you know so that people can get the forgive receive the forgiveness of sins, and they'll be placed among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And just going back to that, like, it's done, we're sanctified by faith, because it couldn't have been by anything else. Mm -hmm. By faith in Him, we've been freed, and our eyes have been opened, and we are sanctified, and we can now operate as agents of ministry, or uh, uh, ministers of reconciliation, as Paul Mm -hmm. would put it. We can do that now because we have been sanctified, and we are being sanctified Mm -hmm. as well, that weird kind of, you know, balance there. Um, But yeah. I don't know. I guess I was just really reflecting on like my conversion and yeah. what that really meant mm-hmm. in a spiritual sense of what was going on. And, and it was giving me hope, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, man, it's done. It is finished. I think like, I mean, it sounds like the main point that you're laying down is that we, we have a hope, like you said, yeah, because our eyes have been opened by the Lord. Like we see the world in its true spiritual condition. Yeah. Um, right. And because of that, we are no longer, because of faith in Christ and redeeming work on the cross, we we are no longer enemies of God without hope in this world, like, like right. Paul talks about. 
Yeah. It says prior to his conversion, prior to any of our conversions, we were without hope in this world. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we were by nature enemies of God. Yeah. And that's a reality uh, that we walk in daily. And that, and with, with that being said, we are spiritually discerned. We have the ability to understand uh, people who are walking in blindness. We, right. we know where they came from. We came from there. And we're mm-hmm. on the other side of that. Uh, and so it is our duty as as Christians to minister to others who are walking in blindness. Like yeah. you said, to be ministers of reconciliation. And that requires us to stand firmly in the truth and proclaim it, because it's the truth. Right. It would be wrong of us to not proclaim it. Um, yeah, that's definitely like, and that's what's always hard, right? Is trying to, people are, well, today in today's culture, people want evidence. They want proof that what you believe is the right way. You know, and it, and that's always kind of the struggle. It, it's different for every person, but it's it just comes down to simply that that God has spoken. He's He's revealed His will, and it's like what Jesus says. It's like the sun's coming into the world. The world's already condemned, and all those who don't call on His name are condemned. But there is a way to God. There is yeah. peace. There is a hope. Just repent and believe. You know, and absolutely. Um, and that, but that's always just. That's that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You, you, I don't know if there's really much more a per, a man can do. It's going to be God doing it, but just we just have to be faithful and preach that. Yeah, and that goes exactly. And what I'm trying to say is like, if our eyes have been opened, we're seeing this how it really is. Then yeah, we should be telling everyone possible that we can. Absolutely. You know, or, or, yeah, everyone possible that we can that 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 this is true. No, absolutely. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Yeah, it reminds me, you know, that guy who. Um, the poor beggar who ended up in heaven and the other guy who ended up in hell. Oh, Lazarus and, and the rich man? Lazarus and the rich yeah. man, yeah. And he was like, hey, you know, send me to my brother so I can tell him. And like, <laughs> any evidence yes. you give other than the prophets yeah. is not going to is not gonna save them. They won't, right. If they didn't believe the prophets, they're not going to believe you coming back from the dead. Right. And that's the hardness of man's heart is that we, won't, we will dismiss any spectacular thing um, any sort of evidence that is not accompanied by the saving work of, of Christ. Yeah. Um, it is God who saves. And it is him who draws us and, and redeems us. And outside of that, we can put on the biggest show. We can go skydiving uh, with fireworks launching off our back with all sorts of crazy <laughs> stuff. But it's wow. going to be the Lord who saves us. Right. I mean, he has given us the means to save him and for us to be saved. And that is through faith, through the administration of the word of God. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like people get sidetracked. Like, I don't know. I feel like people get sidetracked um, with what is necessary in a church service nowadays. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so many people are, are on the outside. They think it's just a lifestyle, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, like I've encountered the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you not? Under- like, I don't know how else to explain this. Like it's, I've, I, his spirit resides within me. I, I pray, like I actually know Christ, I yeah. know the creator of this universe and it's a real, it's, you know, I, I don't want to be cheesy. Like, like some people always say that, like, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. I mean, and that's true, but it's so much more than that as well. Right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's being obedient. It's seeking after just God's character and, and being conformed to that and so many other things, but like, it's, it's truth. It's just, it's what yeah. it is. Like, it's hard to, hard to describe that. And, um, I don't know, but that, that's kind of a pointless tangent, but <laughs> I feel like, I mean, Paul Washer said it well. He said he that, always says everything. Well. He said something along the lines of, "If you got hit by a freight liner going down the tracks, you would definitely be changed. 
Right. And if we have been drawn by the creator of the universe, the fountain of all good and goodness, the sustainer of this whole entire experience we have, we're going to be changed. Yeah. If we have an encounter with the glorious God, we're going to be different. Right. And so, like kind of you're saying, Paul, like if our eyes have been opened, we're going to be different. And right. and there are demands and and things laid upon our lives that we are to walk in accordance to. Yeah. In the sense of fulfilling the law of Christ, basically. Yeah, definitely. And so... Cool. Thanks but, for clearing that up. I felt like I was babbling. For no, not at all. But <laughs> let the world see that like, we are strangers on this earth. Right. Just like Mulder was a stranger in the FBI. He was in the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. He's spooky Mulder. It's not something to cower from. It's a, it's a marking of being set apart for a holy purpose. Yeah. We as Christians should not be fearful of that. In today's climate, it can be hard. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's not about the approval, praise of men. It's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. It's about walking in obedience with the Lord. Definitely. Most men have not laid down their lives for any of us, or pretty much none of them will. Right. Only the Lord has. Yeah. So let's just give it all to him. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, that was really what I saw. I thought instead of kind of going for the abstract uh, or or just other doctrines and truths that that you can easily pull out of this episode, what just struck me was, was that initial like when we were saved our eyes were opened boom point a start there what does that really mean you know and i just wanted to focus on that um and yeah so that happened to molder so hey let's be like molder as always the mole dog <laughs> the mole dog mole that over let's, a little bit let's not be like scully where we're like ah, i think this is true but i'm gonna keep it at arm's length yeah like if our eyes have been opened guess what they're open let's hug it let's <laughs> hug the train. Let's hug it, not arm's length. Hug the train. Hug the fr- <laughs> hug the freight train. Embrace the freight. <laughs> Embrace the freight. Yeah. So that's it. Nice. What about you? What did you see? Yeah. Um, the thing that really just popped in my head as I was thinking of, you know, I first watched, it, I was like, "What am I going to talk about?" Yeah. Uh, but it kind of popped in my head just randomly um, as I was kind of thinking back upon the episode and and. What I saw, I'll just I'll just read the verse that kind of supports the idea that I'm talking about. Not kind of, but it does. Um, so it's <laughs> Ephesians six, brothers. If anyone is caught in any transgression, Wait, did you say bro, brosif? brothers, okay. <laughs> you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Um, just those. What is that? Like two verses, actually. Yeah. The, yeah. Ephesians 6, 1 to 2. Um, Wait, Galatians. Yeah, Galatians okay. 6, 1 to 2. Sorry. Galatians, <laughs> no, I just really like those verses. So, like, I, was, I just knew that was Galatians. All right. Sorry. Uh, Galatians 6, 1 through 2. I um, misspoke there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this is what I felt when I saw it. It sums it up in, in that verse. Uh, and what I, the characters I really were focusing on is Billy, I think. Billy Miles. Billy Miles and his dad. So, oh, yeah, his yeah, dad yeah. was definitely in the know of what he was doing. He was the. We we didn't say that he was the sheriff. He was a sheriff that was stopping Mulder and Scully from finding out the truth. Right, he knew it was his son that was. He was delivering. He was being controlled by the aliens to deliver to deliver the kids to be for taken testing. Up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dad knew Mind it was control. happening. Yeah, he, and he yeah. was trying to, to out of quote unquote def- out of quote unquote love for his son was right. trying to defend him exactly. Yeah, um, and and that's just what I'm going to get to right now is is what does it mean to love another brother or sister in Christ or a member of your family. A lot of times you have this idea of like, oh, you know, 
I'm going to love them, allow them just to kind of take care of themselves, do their own thing. I'm not going to pry into their business. I'm just going to try to make them feel good when I see them. Yeah. And, but that is, a, that is a fallacy. To love someone truly is to care about their spiritual being to the utmost. Yeah. And so caring about someone's heart and what they are walking through is of the utmost importance. So, you know, hanging out, having fun, laughing, joking with them is, is fine and well. But if there is spiritual things going on in their lives that you know, even physical things that you know about, uh, but you are not wanting to address it because you feel like it's not your place or you're uncomfortable, you're in the yeah. wrong. You have to understand that the sin is a breakdown of our spiritual, emotional, physical selves. It, it destroys us. It right. comes from the father of this earth who seeks to destroy and murder pretty much anything. Yeah, It is a product that of our lives that when we are walking in it, it, it creates turmoil and breakdown. And if we allow someone to willingly walk into that hardening of themselves and getting used to that lifestyle, it is something that we aren't truly loving them. Yeah, uh, We aren't being ministers of reconciliation. We aren't saying, hey, you got this sin issue going on. How can I help you deal with this? How can I keep you accountable? If we're not doing that, we're allowing them to fall into a dangerous pit. What does it say? If anyone restores a brother, he is... Oh, when he wins him back? When he wins him back. Yeah. It, it talks something about <laughs> prizes in heaven or something like that. But if someone wins a brother, restores a brother back or sister back into the flock, mm-hmm. um, it covers a multitude of sins, I think is what it says. Oh, that's Something right. along the lines of that. And so fulfilling the law of Christ, yes, people have economic burdens. People have all different kinds of burdens. It's talking about bearing one another's burdens. Right. They're physical burdens that might not be a sin issue. Yes, we are to fulfill that. But if we fulfill the law of Christ, what did he do for us? Our ultimate burden was our spiritual decay, was our spiritual um, depravity. And he bore that burden for us. Yeah. And so we, as Christians, yeah. bearing one another burdens, should patiently walk alongside those, call people out in a loving manner, mm-hmm. um, whom are walking in sin and point them to Christ ultimately. Yeah, that's uh, from James 5, 19 and 20. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. There you go. Come on. It's, yeah, it's heavy. And so just to pretty much sum it up, um, I'm going to quote a... Desiring God article, but <laughs> in other words, nobody who lives by the law of Christ and in the power of Christ can say about a brother's or sister's sin, that's not my business. I don't have to add that to my burdens. It's his problem, not mine. Hmm. And so we as as Christians need to seek to bear one another's burdens, um, yeah. even if it's a, a sinful burden that they are being tempted or, or worn down from. We need to find ways to lovingly call him back to Christ. And it, and it does say, you know, be careful <laughs> unless you be tempted too. Yeah. And uh, that, so you have to be prayerful in that season. Definitely. Um, what always stands out to me in those verses is the spirit of gentleness. Yeah. Right. Like we're not supposed to just point the finger or blow the whistle and just be like, you're sinning, you're sinning. Or, but it's like in a spirit of gentleness, which kind of gives me a picture of like, actually you're walking alongside them. You're, you're, Absolutely. you're discipling, you're helping them. And then, and I think sometimes this is such a good topic because we so often don't do that. 
Yeah. Like we'll see someone, a brother or sister struggling and we just kind of keep it at distance, hoping that they'll work it out on their own. Or It's always like, it's awkward, right? It's awkward to have to like confront. But when we look at it, even, hopefully they are a member or they're a part of your church. And then there's a whole church discipline process for yeah. if they refuse you, you know, like, yeah. like it, we shouldn't go in thinking this weighs all on me and I got to call them out and it's one, two, oh. three, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. You go in, if they deny you, then you go in with others and there's all process then. So then it's like the pressure is not on you because yeah. if it keeps going, then the, the church themselves will help decide and, or deal with it. I mean, and our leaders in the church. And so it, it's really not like a, I have to do this, yeah. but it's like, it, it weighs on me in that kind of way. Like it's a, let's just be obedient, but it's also out of love. For them. Absolutely. Come alongside them, call them out, talk to them, show your concern for them. And then whatever happens after that, then deal with it accordingly. Yeah. But it's a, uh, but if you do that in gentleness, that's what this scripture is saying, then that can restore him or her. Absolutely. And, and that, and that requires thoughtfulness. Yes. Prayer, discernment of right. when and how to speak. Right. It's not just, yo, bro, you suck at this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's walking alongside him, like you said, Paul, and knowing him. And, and you know, that's just, I, I feel like that stuck out to me in the episode because that's just like a typical father-son relationship or mother-daughter, any uh-huh. father-spouse-sibling relationship. is like, oh, I love this person. I want to protect them. Yeah. From their due. Gotcha. So, so the father, the sheriff should have pulled Billy Miles aside. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, son. You're being mind controlled by aliens. <laughs> I need to restore you. <laughs> he should have sought, yeah, for ways to restore the sun. And yeah. but we have these pretenses and ideas of love. Yeah. And that's the reasons why we do or do not confront somebody. And oftentimes mm-hmm. it's because we feel uncomfortable or because we don't truly love them and we don't want to bear their burdens because it's messy. Right. And that shows a lack of the heart of Christ in our lives. And that's it's evident in my life. Um, and it has been, and I, and I hate it. It's like, you know, I, I need to love this person and call them out because they're taking a bad path. Right. And if I fail to do that, then it's, I'm not truly loving them. Yeah. And I could say, oh, you know, I don't want to make them upset or make this person happy. I, I want to, yeah. you know, appease them. But that's just feeding into their pride or self-exaltation, which is what they're really doing when they're sinning. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's dangerous. And today's culture is rampant with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not, there's like safe rooms we have nowadays at universities. Oh, the safe spaces. Safe stuff. space yeah. where people can be who they are. But what if who they're being is a bad thing? Ooh. What if it is bad for them? Like yeah. if we're truly loving them, those safe spaces, it's destroying them ultimately. Yeah. And those are dangerous places. And we right. need to call them out of that. Say, hey, come to life. Yeah. Um, and so we as Christians need to be on guard with those who we're walking with and not be fooled by the rhetoric of, you know, I want to love them and equate love with happiness or love with comfort or love with any of those things. Oftentimes love hurts. And Christ said that his gospel would be decisive. Yeah. And sometimes when we call someone out and they don't like it, it's going to be divisive in a way. Yeah. Um, but if we pursue it in the spirit of gentleness, like it says, and they are still divisive, walk with them. Right. Take the means necessary. And if they need to be expelled from the church, whatever it talks about, so be it. But that's also so that they can truly be restored. Because yeah. that just gets into issues of, you know, were they truly ever saved? If they're, Anyways, I don't want to go down that. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, a good, that's still a good point. Um, what I love is in, so in 6 verse 2, he says, bear one another's burdens 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. Absolutely. Now, I've always read that. And it's like the law of Christ, the law of Christ. What does he kind of mean by that? But it's, it's awesome if you read straight through Galatians, uh, which on the train ride home one time I did. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's only six chapters, you know. And I always I like, if you can, just read straight through an entire book. Because it, it, it makes it so much more weightier. Every chapter is built upon the previous. And just it's, it's how it was meant to be read. So it's always like mind-blowing when you do that. But if you read that sentence, when in chapter 5, verse 14, he says this. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So if you see that, and then he says this law of Christ, I mean, that's what Christ taught. I mean, love your neighbor as yourself. So I love, you've said this once before, and actually, honestly, it's always impacted me when you said it, but it's like, when we're told to love a neighbor as ourselves, that tells me that we're good at loving ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so in that sense, if I was being, if I was strained, if I was caught in sin, and if I was blind to it, if I didn't even know I was, you know, and I'm doing something that's harming myself for others, I, if I knew that about myself, I would want to correct that, right? Absolutely. But if I'm not, then, you know, I would want someone to love me as they would love themselves and call me out, come to me and, and work that out alongside yeah. me. Because uh, then you're bearing my burden, you know, especially if it's done in a way of, I want to bear your burden. I'm Absolutely. not just going to call you out. I'm going to hurt with you during this Absolutely. so that you could be healed. Like, I, I think that's where a lot of discipling gets gets hijacked and, and crazy. If you don't think in that way of, I'm going to help carry this burden with you. Yeah. And that's, you know, sadly, something that's lost. I, I'll admit, I, I lose that, lose sight of that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's important to kind of go off that. Like whenever you're doing that with somebody, when you're trying seeking to help them, have the ultimate goal in the back of your head. Yeah. And the ultimate goal for the person is that you want them to find the most joy. And we know that the most joy to be found is in Christ. Yes. The chief end of man is to know God and enjoy him forever. Right. right. Was that right. Edwards or one of those guys? Uh, I think he said that. And then it's also in one of the catechisms or something. Yeah. Anyway. And so that is who, <laughs> and that's the ultimate vision is if we go to a person and say, Hey man, you're flirting with this cheap joy that's not going to bring you anything. Yeah. Let's pursue the truest joy to Christ. So this is the issue is that you're loving this thing more than him. Yeah. And they're therefore robbing yourself. And that goes back to, <laughs> I want myself to be the most happy and joyful I can be. Right. And so if I would expect my brother or sister in Christ, if they saw that to say, hey, you're not pursuing your utmost joy. And I, I find like that, that helps. It's taking it from that angle as well, because that's the reality of it. Yeah. And yes, it is sinful. And yes, it is wrong what they are doing. Right. Um, but, I mean, to have that vision of like, ultimately, this is what the restoration looks like. is some to have rest and joy in Christ. Yeah. And not in this or that or the other. There was this um, Babylon Bee article. Uh, here's just the title. Young man carefully weighs choice between fleeting pleasure and everlasting joy. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. And it's like this describing that instant where it's like you're being tempted to sin. And he's like, even within the article, the guy's like, well, I could do this like quick momentary, like fleet of pleasure that would feel great, but it would be over and I'd feel terrible. Or there's the infinite joy of being like within Christ. Which one should I choose? And it's like, you know, as of today, he's still deciding, you know, something so like that. And yeah. But it's like, anyway, I just think it's crazy that that is like what that article saying because that's what it is every time you know it's like i want to sin but yet it's so momentarily when there's yeah. such, such a momentary pleasure when there's infinite joy in christ and we have that you know and just to like channel that and to dwell on that and it would be so much more satisfying um anyway i just thought that article nailed it yeah. so it's kind of so what you're saying. easily deceived 
Exactly, yeah. And so, willfully deceived. Definitely. Well, uh, you got anything else? That's about it. You know, that's put down the shotgun. <laughs> Go time. What? <laughs> put down the shotgun? Yeah, the dad was holding the shotgun to fend off the truth seekers. Oh, the sheriff in the episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying a phrase, like nah. some catchphrase. And yeah, put down, put put down, down the, the shotgun. shotgun. Open up the arms, embrace the freight. Oh, yeah. Embrace the freight. That's awesome. So, well, we said a lot of truth today. But for every truth that we've said on this podcast ever, <laughs> there are a thousand lies out there. That's probably true. <laughs> That's a lie. The truth is out there. Mona, the truth is out there. And so are lies. All right, so today, I don't know why we haven't ever had this guy on. <laughs> We it tried. Just, we tried, <laughs> but it just hit us. Uh, so by the time this comes out, the Reformation Day will have come and gone, October 31st. And this is the 499th year. Yes. Next year is the 500, Next right? Next year is 500. So in that theme, we're going to take a quote from Pope Francis. Yeah, are discuss, you sure? It was 617? Huh? 617? 1517. October 31st, 1517 is when Luther like did the 99 pieces. So this is 95 the, this pieces. is the 500th year. No. 2017. Oh, was it 2016? Oh, yeah, 2017. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we thought it would be appropriate to bring up Pope Francis and we'll just discuss the difference between the Catholic and Protestant divide. One he tweeted we split. He tweeted, although I don't know if he actually tweeted cuz I know he he speaks limited English and stuff, and all of his tweets seem a little like, well, I don't know, it, it seems like they're just kind of computer generated almost, but this is what he said a few days ago. This is concern, uh, concerning Mary, so we could discuss maybe the Marian differences, uh, but he says, Our Lady, referring to Mary, also wants to bring the great gift of Jesus to us all, and with him, she brings us his love, his peace, and his joy. So... It's not a by faith alone statement by any means, <laughs> but it is one of the differences. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just like kind of the Marian stuff. The Marian stuff. <laughs> Marian doctrines. Or that. I mean, let's just, well, let's look at his quote. Let's just, uh, you know, not not in a general sense. Let's see what he's actually saying. That, that it is Mary that brings the great gift of Jesus to us all. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, huh? you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, it's like Christ. On the cross, dead. It is finished. Breathe the last. The curtain rips, and Mary's not standing there. Yeah. She's nearby, right? <laughs> She's not standing in the curtain. Oh. It's not like ripped and then reveals Mary. Oh, okay. It's like symbolic of like, <laughs> gotcha. we have access to the throne of grace by Christ. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because... It rips and then she's revealed as in yeah, she's the yeah. doorway. Yeah. Okay, okay. She is not the doorway. I first the cross. I was like, I think she was nearby. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the Gospels. And okay. so... I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know the exact word for this doctrine, but the Baptist holds to that every believer has access, does not need a priest to mediate for him because right. Christ was the, the great high priest yeah. who mediates right. our relationship to the Father. Yeah. And there is none in the way of him, and we all have access to him. And there's so much scripture, like, um, behold, I'm with you always. I mean, there's yeah. verse after verse of Christ pronouncing that he is with us who is before us yeah and that there is no one in our way to to get to him other than ourselves basically right and so 
I've you know I've never understood. I had some had a friend, a really close friend, and um, he converted to Catholicism, and we talked a lot about Mary. I, I I can never understand the necessity of Mary, right? Uh, and how she got elevated to a higher standard, right? Yeah, because if I need her, then it seems like she would need to do the work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, and and that's how it's presented. I mean, it's like. Well, that was another thing he was saying, but it's it's within Catholicism as well, is that we have a father, but we also have a mother, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of, it's it's an elevating, I, I think Mary would be completely embarrassed to see that what people have made her to be today. But it's, when you think of, there was nothing necessarily special about her, you know, and I, I think that there's some of that, like, it's like God picked her because she was just like this pure person. I don't know. I mean, some believe like she never sinned. Really? You know, I mean, yeah, that's there. There's some sects that believe that. I don't know if that's orthodox or not, but there's some that she, you know, she remained a virgin her entire life. I mean, she she was without sin as well, mm-hmm. and and that just goes against Romans three. I mean, that goes against very basic like Christian doctrines and such. Um, and so of, of saying that we're not sinners, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the entire reason Christ came. So like that kind of stuff. I think it's like, I mean, God chose her because he chose her i mean mm-hmm. you know it's, it's his mysterious will it's what he wanted to carry out and i don't see anything talking that she is now yeah what you're saying a priest venerated. a priestess a, a, a another mediator a yeah some kind of a vener yeah veneration um especially in the way he's phrasing this quote um or i mean it's not a quote his own quote <laughs> him talking of uh, that she wants to bring the great gift of jesus that just seems so weird that it's through her that with him, she brings his love, his peace, his joy. Yeah. And I think that's what the spirit does Absolutely. when you really think about it. Like Christ's peace, his joy, his love. I mean, the hope of him, that is what the the spirit of God himself ministering to us. Absolutely. Daily, hourly, groaning for us, praying for us when we don't know what to pray. Like that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. like, he's applying that to our lives through sanctification, through conviction and so that, that just seems a little odd to me. Yeah. <laughs> but but again, that's what they have is they have the Bible and then they have the church and whatever the church says. Yeah. That's what the Bible says because the church has to say mm. what the Bible says. So you have this other authority and that's that's something that we got to always remember when we're conversing with them is that they have two authorities in mind, yeah. whereas we, we have one. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's the main difference for us is that we stake any idea of truth on scripture yeah, uh, handed down from God to us, and there's nothing mentioned about Mary doing anything other than giving birth to Christ and yeah. also her prayer, right? Um, extolling God for, you know, the mm-hmm. blessing. But there's nothing that says that she is a high priest, right? And that she, right. Yeah, and that she mediates for us. It's all Christ, and it's glory to Him. Yeah, and glory to the Father. Um, so yeah, I don't, you know, I I've never been able to understand where the where that was kind of derived or where it came from. Right. So, Pope Francis, it's not necessarily you. It's kind of the whole system. <laughs> yeah. But you tweeted it recently, so we took it. And hey, it's almost Reformation Day, or it already happened by the time this comes out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so put on your Luther costumes and go Luther. banging, go banging some doors. <laughs> the ghouls and the goblins. Yeah, go bang up, yeah. <laughs> With bang some twi- 99 Twix bars. <laughs> but I mean, I remember like many podcasts ago, you talked about always reforming. And just for the Christian oh, yeah, out yeah. there, we need to be people of the word like the Bereans who test scripture. Yeah. Who see what, what it says. What a cool example. 
um, love it and and stake truth on that. Don't let any person, no matter how grandiose they deliver it, tell mm-hmm. you that something's truth if it can't be backed up with scripture in a systematic way. You know, right. you can derive a lot of stuff from scripture. Right. Cut yeah. off your your right hand. Right. Which, yeah. Put it in context. Exegete. Put it in context. Yes. And so, us as Christians, guard our, guard your hearts in that way. Know mm-hmm. the Word of God. So that you won't be thrown around by every careless wind and doctrine, you know, whatever. Yeah, because it's kind of hard to just carry a Bible all the time. So when someone says something, you be like a Berea and be like, wait, let me look. Yeah. If you know it, though, if you dwell on it, if you're meditating on it daily, seeking out his word, then that that's that's what is helpful to do that. Yeah. Like, that's why that's helpful. <laughs> so you can say, wait, exactly what you said, any careless doctrine, whatever is coming at you, yeah. uh, you're able to discern. Discern, yeah. 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 And ultimately know that... The main point of scripture is to glorify God, and so if it's right. glorifying someone else, then that's like yeah, that's a good rule miss, of thumb. It's probably missing the mark. <laughs> exactly. That's what I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Cool. That's cool. Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. Oh, uh, so yeah, ma'am. That's it for us. That's it. Signing off. Sign- <laughs> <laughs> Hanging our hat on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good thing to end it on. If that's it's not right. glorifying God. It's probably wrong. Probably wrong. <laughs> so, uh, man. So, yeah, I guess I don't really know how to end this. I'll, uh, I'll just repeat what we said at the beginning. Um, please send us anything that you thought with our podcast of, of uh, how it impacted you or even just any thoughts at all. Or if you even want to do an iTunes review, uh, do it in that way. That's fine, too. We'll, we'll be sure to look at those. Uh, but please let us know. We will share that. And I'm uh, excited to, to see that. Looking forward yep. to it. And hey, if you're just now getting into this podcast and now you're like, wait, what? It's ending? Please go back and listen to the old episodes. They're still comment. Well, they, yeah, they're still really, really good. And uh, I'll even say I, I listened to like episode five, like randomly. Yeah. And I was just, I was ministered to all over again. I felt like stuff that you Sweet. were saying, stuff that our guest was saying, stuff that, like, there were even some things that like I would say that like, I wow, don't. I thought that? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't remember saying. And I'm just like, wow, that was really good. I need to remind myself of that of mm-hmm. what i said like those yeah. like many months ago uh so i'll even encourage that uh, i've gone back and actually have enhanced the audio quality of some of the older episodes remastered and yeah so they're remastered <laughs> <laughs> so by the time this comes out i've, I've gone through and, and updated those so they do sound a little better we were pretty uh we didn't know what we were doing with the mixing but i've done a little better with that um and yeah man i don't know this was fun Last announcement. Uh, we will be holding auditions for the replacements to take over the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't. Did you misunderstand us? We're, this is still going. It's just not. Yeah, us. We can see two people to redo it to yeah. take it over for us. So. We'll hand it over to you. <laughs> and so, no, yeah. That'd be hilarious. It would be pretty awesome. Oh, if people write that in, that'd be really funny. <laughs> that would be so cool. Anyway, cool. Well, uh, hey, that's it. We'll look forward to talking about the uh, with the conclusion episode. We'll do that next. And and so say I'm Paul. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, we're ending this. And I'm Paul. And I'm Fitz. We're getting in the mix. <laughs> oh, we're getting in the mix. <laughs>